1: Welcome back. It is the NFC East mixtape. He is Brandon Lee Gowden of Bleeding Green Nation. I am R.J. Ochoa of Blogging the Boys. This is the greatest crossover ever attempted in the history of mankind. You can listen to this show on both the Blogging the Boys and the Bleeding Green Nation podcast networks, and you should subscribe. We should subscribe to both, but, I mean, I understand if you're a Cowboys fan, you only want to subscribe to Blogging the Boys, vice versa. But BLG, what people can do is if they only subscribe to one, they can go to the other leave a rating, five-star rating, and write a review. They can write whatever they want in the reviews as long as they leave a five-star rating.
2: And honestly, there should be a ton of Cowboys fans listening to this podcast, not only because the Cowboys are having success this season, but also because the Eagles are very much not, and pretty much every other NFC's team very much not. So uh, you should definitely show some support if you appreciate my misery and everyone's misery <laughs> by uh, leaving a rating and writing a review.
1: Well, Cowboys fans did get a review from an Eagles fan, BLG. And if you write a review, we will read it. Whatever you say, we are legally obligated, I think, somewhere in our contracts uh, with Espionation. It is a five star review. It comes to us from Tony Hip. So three cheers for Tony Hip. Uh, it's titled Go Birds <laughs> with an exclamation point. Nice. Uh, love the positivity that comes out of RJ and love the NFC East mixtape. You two play Batman and Robin so well. Looking forward to hearing more. Fly, Eagles fly. Um, do you think that we're Batman and Robin? I would have never, you know, if I had to no. like assign, a, you know, a, a famous duo to us, that would not have been my choice.
2: No, definitely not. We're not on the same team here. I mean, we are in that we work at the same company, but not uh, in this metaphor. Because am, am I Robin? I'm not Robin. I'm too tall to be Robin. I can't be Robin. You,
1: I, I, I've we've kind of danced around this. We're clearly this is very close. We're Batman and the Joker, and you're the Joker. Yeah, that's clearly mm-hmm. who we are here. You know, so. I mean, hey, it is the Dak Knight right here. And um, I don't know, didn't didn't Jalen Mills have like green hair at a certain point in time? So like when he was an Eagle. So yeah, I know he's had it as a Patriot. So I mean still has it, yeah. Yeah. So I mean and the Cowboys just beat Jalen Mills. CeeDee Lamb waved goodbye to him. So okay. I think it's an, that was a week it's ago. A tough, it's longer than a week ago to be accurate and precise. But I think that works. Batman and the Joker, you know? Would you ever wear a purple suit? Uh sure. Yeah. I like it purple. I actually hate um when the joker is presented like i hate when the joker drives like a, a lamborghini or something or when he's got like, like the jack nicholson joker you're saying or the jared leto j- joker because okay. like and i hate when his suit is like perfectly tailored and stuff because in my mind my logical mind i'm thinking it would take him like two hours to get ready to go rob a bank you know what i mean to, to, to like iron his clothes like who's ironing his close you know what i mean like that's mm-hmm. why like heath ledger's joker is the best because it's the most like, let me just grab what I've got and I'll smear some makeup on my face. Like, that's my thing. But Jared Leto's Joker is way too polished for me.
2: Yeah. Like, the other one is more of like a, a mobster, kind of right. like, as that's opposed I to want. like this, yeah, like crazy. Um, what, what do you even call Heath Ledger? I don't know. Like, it's just like a, a psycho, basically. It's like this crazy person um, who doesn't like fit into a box.
1: Beck mm, like Nick Sirianni. Um, okay. So it is time, PLG, to recap the NFC East at week eight can you believe we've made it to the eighth week of the nfl season
2: almost halfway <laughs> not quite almost because uh,
1: things like things are looking fairly up for the eagles from a draft perspective you know we'll we'll get there but uh, yeah. per nfc east mixtape rules we have to go in order of divisional standings the dallas cowboys by themselves almost have as many wins as the rest of the nfc east combined shout out to the new york giants who got a dub last week Five and one, coming off their bye, visiting the Minnesota Vikings and your boy Kirk Cousins on Sunday Night Football. (coughs) Excuse me, I'm so worked up uh, about because I like Kirk Cousins. I I know why. uh, Why? I've told you this before. He's one of the biggest people that I first ever interviewed, and that he was really nice to me. And so, like, I can acknowledge that I'm I'm biased, but I also think he is. Like, I think the meme becomes larger than the bad Mm. of who he is. So I I don't think the meme properly balances out how bad he can be because he can be good. And I think that when he's good, people don't care. You know, People just want to make the memes. People just want to make the jokes.
2: Do you think the Cowboys are going to beat Kirk Cousins? Do you feel confident about that this week?
1: Well, I do. But the last time the Cowboys played the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night football, they lost uh, because Jason Garrett threw Tavon Austin under the bus. That was kind of the end for Jason Garrett uh, with the Cowboys. But BLG, the Cowboys and Vikings – are both coming off of their bye, which was the case when they played each other last season. This game is in Minnesota like it was last season. So very similar set of circumstances here. That was the game. I know you remember that Mike McCarthy smashed some watermelons beforehand and the Cowboys trounced the Vikings. I mean, the, Cow- the Cowboys beat the Vikings last year with Andy Dalton. Like, how are we supposed to expect that the Vikings have a shot in this game?
2: Especially in primetime. Like, Kirk cousin's notoriously like not good in these big primetime games and a big spot for the Vikings, too, who are 3-3. Three and three. And the rest of the NFC's playoff picture isn't like amazingly competitive, like not as much quite as it is uh, spread out in the AFC where that's a, just a little side note that for on that, like AFC not as necessarily, I would say top heavy, like the, like the powers aren't consolidated as much as people thought it level. was though.
1: Like people, people peop yeah. thought like the, the AFC keeps. has all yeah. the elite teams. Like there's no, I mean, maybe the bills, there's, there's no like elite team. I think, you know, you do power rankings, I do power rankings. I think of of a consensus, like averaging of power rankings, I would say like 80% of the top five teams are in the NFC, right? Because you've got the Cardinals, the Buccaneers, some people have the Cowboys Rams. that hire the Packers, the Rams, right? Like some combination of those teams, the bills, the Ravens were the only team that were kind of hanging in there for the AFC. But after yep. losing this past week, like you can have the Bengals higher, you can have the Chargers up there, but like generally it is an NFC heavy sort of mix.
2: Yeah, six or five of my top six are NFC teams. Uh, The Buffalo Bills at four. Then I have the, so they're the only AFC. I have the Cardinals at one, Rams at two, Buccaneers at three, Packers at five, Cowboys at, Six, you can check out my entire power rankings at bleedinggreennation.com or we talk about them with benjamin solak formerly of breeding bleeding green nation.com on the sp nation nfl show this week uh so that was fun uh but yeah so this is a big game for the vikings they're three and three and i have more confidence that the vikings will not win because it is this big spot in prime time and you can say what you want but like just look at her cousin's track record. He doesn't win in these games. Like he notoriously does not show up in the big moment.
1: I agree. Um, and again, he did beat the Cowboys on Sunday night football two years ago, but again, Jason Garrett, you know, really, really Dak Prescott had this marvelous, what would have been game winning drive and the final moments of that. And then the Cowboys turtled up and handed the ball off to Zeke near the goal line and just kind of ruined their chances to score. And so Dak was robbed of, of his moment. And I don't think that will be the case this year. Um, Looking at the Cowboys, BLG, and I know so it sounds like you think they're winning this game. They'll get to six and one. After this game, they have the Denver Broncos and Atlanta Falcons at home, back to back. They're at eight and one, right? We agree. Yep. Okay. So Cowboys Chiefs. I mean, is that like on a one to 10 difficulty scale for the Cowboys? Like it it, it was a 10 when the season started. It's like a seven now, right? Like you got to give the Chiefs their respect and maybe they stabilize between now and then. But and even if they lose like if that's their second loss of the season and it's an AFC loss like i mean i don't know how i don't and after that to be very clear they have the raiders on thanksgiving and that's a different game now rich pisacha is 2 and 0 rich pisacha former cowboys staffer I mean, this team is, is positioned to, we had an article, I showed you this, I know you read it yourself uh, at and the Boys this past week that Aiden Davis wrote, looking at when the Cowboys could clinch the NFC East, and based on 538's, you know, playoff odds and projected wins and things like that, it looks like week 14 is the mark. Do you think that that will hold true? Do you think that by week 14, which is the Cowboys first game against Washington, that they will have some hats and t-shirts?
2: Uh, to answer your question about the chiefs, I would say, yeah, like six, seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I would keep in mind with them is that we've seen Andy Reed or at least I've seen Andy Reid. Maybe, <sighs> maybe you don't remember, but Andy Reid. there have been times where like his teams get in the funk and they see him like they're kind of left for dead and then he rallies them and he brings yeah. them back. So like they're you can't just say like they're dead and done. They're buried. No, that's not really how it really works with Andy Reed. I mean, it might be, but I'm just saying like, you can't just assume that's definitely going to be the case. So I think the chiefs will still be, you know, it's not like a, uh, uh, Walk through the park, you know. It's like an easy win. I think you I, can't just like.
1: I agree. I was gonna say Andy Reid is somebody like he has Patrick Mahomes now, so people kind of lean on that. That dude has gotten it done like a billion different ways. I don't know if I've ever told you this. One of my all-time favorite non-Cowboys players in NFL history is Jeff Garcia, and I will never like Andy. Andy <laughs> Reid got Jeff Garcia paid like relative to 2007 yep. paid. You know what I mean? And got Jeff Garcia to a point where the Bucks signed him. I mean, like he revived Jeff Garcia's career to a huge extent, but like. You know, finds a, found ways to keep the ship afloat, and so I don't think that they'll. I don't think the Chiefs are like washed. They're going to miss the playoffs. I don't really think they'll lose to the Giants on Monday Night Football. We'll get there, but um, but that that game looks certainly far less intimidating fr- from the Cowboys' perspective than it did at season's beginning. Uh, the other question, Week fourteen, do you think it's possible that the Cowboys really wrap it up by then?
2: I'll get into that, but first I have to mention oh. you like Jeff Garcia, but Jeff Garcia once upon a time beat the Cowboys on Christmas also. I was,
1: that was the very first game I ever went to with my dad. Uh, we had, <laughs> we were literally front row tickets. I have a picture right next to me, uh, here in my office or where I record. And it was an awesome time. Awesome game. I'll never forget. Uh, do you remember the show heroes on NBC? Do you ever watch that? Yeah, show? of course. save uh, the remember- cheerleader, save the world. Right. They had these t-shirts on our chairs that uh, I forget what it said, but it was like, a, I started watching the show specifically because I got that free t-shirt. Um, so that was a great game. Great time. Great experience. Uh, I've told a story. really good show
2: yeah, well, like it it for a, a time, show. dude, for that, a time. First,
1: that first season was so good. But um, I've told the story before about a Tony Romo autograph. I got uh, that trip, but that's a whole different, well, maybe an, an offseason episode of ours. Uh, but yeah, Jeff Garcia, that was one of the, the more painful losses I've ever had as Cowboys fan.
2: And then I don't know if you know this, but he played a role in 44-6 to as well, where I believe he was on the Bucks at that time. And the Bucs were like big uh, favorites against like a terrible Raiders team, like oh, Demarcus and they, Russell. And
1: they lost and, and kept yeah. that game. Yeah, cause, because because yeah. the, the week before in week uh, 16, the Cowboys lost what was their final game at Texas Stadium to the Ravens. And the next day needed that Buccaneers loss to – give that week 17 game against philadelphia meaning for the teams involved obviously and then 44 to 6 and everything so so but the Cowboys your are five and one and the eagles suck so i mean that's really this is your
2: favorite player in no NFL i said history. he's one that's of them yeah. i
1: just love the way he plays like <laughs> he or played he was so awesome he was so cool i ran into him at scroll, at, at, i ran into a couple of years ago he is still shredded like that dude is insane but okay uh week 14 anyway KLG, get to the point jeez
2: <laughs> couple detours there uh yeah i mean how is it not possible i mean who in the NFC East here is going on a run um maybe if washington had somehow pulled off that game in green bay which we'll talk about a little bit um like the giants aren't going to do anything just because they beat freaking same Darnold, who sucks so bad he's he's terrible he just doesn't also like that that's just the eagles like doing well. by
1: the nfc east like that could happen.
2: um he should like the eagles winning that game i think it seemed like at the time, like it had some meaning. Like, oh, maybe the Eagles defense, you know, can kind of do some good thing. No, like that is nothing. It means nothing. Like that game means, it means Sam Donald stinks. He's terrible. Um, so, you know, I don't think the Eagles are about to go on a run, RJ. They're pretty bad. They're, they're really, they're, in fact, they're really awful. Um, so, yeah, why not? I think, you know, the NFC East really isn't even interesting for the Cowboys in the sense of like, you know, the bigger things about jockeying for the positioning one seed or two seed or whatever. Um, uh, The Eagles have the easiest schedule remaining in the league in theory. So, you know, maybe that delays it a little bit and not perfectly week 14, which really is crazy. Like that's so early. Um, You know, how many teams do that? Like, when is the last time a team did that? I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm sure it hasn't been maybe too far, but it's been a while in the NFC East, right? Like when's the last time the NFC East was wrapped up? Because, it's usually just been bad, and teams are in it to the end.
1: One of our podcasters, uh, Dan Rogers, mentioned this on one of our dailies this week at BTB on our network. That when the Cowboys have won the division, generally the last you know three or four times, you know, there's always been somebody on their heels. In 2018, the Eagles are right there, obviously, and it, it went down to that that Amari Cooper game winner in overtime. Uh, in 2016, they did kind of run away with it, but you know, the Giants were a playoff team that year and did sweep the yeah. Cowboys. To be fair. In 2014, we've talked about this many times. It went down to that game in Philadelphia, the Nolan Carroll game, the Des Bryant game, et cetera. Um, You know, the three years before that, 11 through 13, the division, you know, granted, had three different winners, went down to week 17, you know, the final. Eagles Cowboys. Right, 13. Eagles, Cowboys, yeah. Washington Cowboys Giants Cowboys Cowboys lost all three of them shout out Jason Garrett of course uh, 2009 when the Cowboys won the division the Eagles won the world wildcard team went to Dallas Donovan McNabb played the air guitar that was awesome um, and uh, got their teeth kicked in so it really has, and even 2007 when the Cowboys were, you know, people think this is their most complete team since then, uh, offensively and defensively, but the Giants were a playoff team, won the Super Bowl, beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. So it's been a long time since, you know, the Cowboys at least have just been in the driver's seat and nobody else has even been in the car.
2: Must be really sad for you how bad the Eagles are. I notice you're wearing your... uh Midnight green shirt there. I didn't re- notice this somehow this isn't until now. But, uh, green? Yeah, so it's a really is midnight
1: green. This actually,
2: is... RJ actually is wearing a Kelly green Eagles hat too. It's crazy. You can't see this on the you know it's audio pod, this but uh, a, really uh,
1: Travis Matthew T shirt happens to be green. This is like uh, like lime green. I would say almost.
2: It's hard for me to tell. Um, <laughs> what's what's your point here? I mean, you know, the Cowboys are going to wrap this up. Um, I,
1: I don't really have a point. I just wanted to say. Yeah. I do have one question for you before we get to the Washington football team. If you are a Cowboys fan. Who do you want to win on Thursday night? The Arizona Cardinals or the Green Bay Packers?
2: Um, I think you want. Well, I mean, it's hard, you know. We did. I'm thinking about it like realistically too, and I think it's pretty clear that the Cardinals should win this game just because you know, no Devonte Adams, pretty significant. Right. Um, where's the game again? Is it happening in Arizona? It is,
1: it is in Arizona. Yes.
2: Yeah. So you have that too. Um, I would say you want the Cardinals to win. You, I mean, you you want to keep Aaron Rodgers away from the number one seed. What about you?
1: So we um,
2: on the 750, one of our other shows
1: on our network, Tony Casillas and I, we, we it was Tony's birthday. So we did some birthday wishes, a lot of birthdays this this time of year, by the way, PLG. So uh, but, uh, you know, we played a hypothetical where the Cowboys were the three seed and said, who would you want to be the one and two seed in that? you know, reality in that hypothetical. And we actually said Arizona and Green Bay. We we talked about LA. Um the Packers, the team of the Packers doesn't scare me. However, the narrative of going to Green Bay certainly terrifies me as a Cowboys fan. But like I've told you, it would be rather poetic for Aaron Rodgers' last game against the Packers to be in the divisional Cowboys. round against the Cowboys against the head coach, who ran out of town uh, and to lose. So, you know, that, that would be that, but I think I want Arizona to win too. I, and you know, I listen, I haven't heard all of uh the podcast at the time of our recording, but I have heard part of it. And I heard uh Benjamin Selleck make a great point. And I think you agree. I, I wanted to see the Cardinals play the Packers, right? Like, cause I think we're all like, you know, like half believing in them. And we needed this to kind of really believe. And so it's unfortunate that we won't get the chance to. And I think it actually works against the Cardinals. Cause if they were to lose, we would dunk on them and be like, see, you couldn't even beat the Packers without Devonte Adams, whatever. Uh, but, but you know, who knows, but I think I want Arizona to win too, just because, Green Bay is terrifying. If I'm being totally honest. A quick about.
2: thing on the Cardinals, just to follow up here. Um, I saw, um, I believe it was Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders. That, I don't know if you saw this. They had, like really incredible fumble luck this season. They're recovering like something like a very high eighty percentage of their fumbles. So that's kind of interesting to watch, as like a regression thing. I mean, right. I still think they're good, obviously. Um, but they've been getting some, you know, good fortune too, which is not like. I mean, that's what good teams do. in the NFL. Right. They're not usually only good, but they also get some good luck too. Kind of mixes all together. Uh. So I think the Cardinals are pretty good. You know, you look at their schedule. They, they, they house Tennessee in week one in Tennessee. They, they kick the crap the out Browns. Of the Browns. Yeah. yeah. Like, like they're not bad. Like, you know what I mean? They, maybe are they unbeatable? They no, the Rams, but I, too.
1: like that gets overlooked too. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, they're like they're legit and now they got Zach hurts and I think that's a big deal. I mean he was looking good for them already in Houston and you know the Texans whatever but still um, I think he makes that team even better. So it'll be interesting. Um, My question for you is like what is your biggest concern at this point? Because I think everything is like smooth sailing right now for the Cowboys. Like what worries you the most that can kind of undo the season or I don't know anything. Are there any concerns? What's the biggest one?
1: So I think if if there's a team who's saying there aren't any concerns, you know, enjoy the bumpy ride that's that's coming. But for me, you, you mentioned the regression for the fumble recovery rate for the Cardinals. And you're right. Like that's that's a bit of a luck thing. But a lot of good teams do kind of create their own luck. For me, it's the insane, insanely timed turnovers almost like the Trayvon Diggs pick six against New England. Like. It it is strange, and we've talked about this several times. How he's kind of like willing this into existence at this point, and and but you can't count on that. Like you just gonna dry up. It it would yeah, it would be irresponsible to count on that. And so this defense, I think there is this like misconception, like oh, the Cowboys defense is awesome. It's it's good, and it's far better than it has been. Especially in years that they have had success, I'm going to write something later this week at our site about uh, comparing the Cowboys' offense and defense this year through the lens of EPA compared to years where they've had success. And there's no question that they are far more well-rounded than they've been since the mid '90s, obviously when they had a lot of success. We'll see how that translates, but um, it, their their defensive moments are just like perfect; they're perfectly placed, and you can't you know you can't count on that. And so I I worry that they'll be gashed and they'll just put themselves too far behind or you know Dak will go and and you know give them a lead and then their defense won't be able to hold a game-winning drive or game tying drive that sends it to overtime and the team wins the coin toss like weird fluky things like that so I, I would say that regression would happen uh particularly on the defensive side of the ball because that's been the difference like we've we've known for years that the cowboys offense can be very 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 good and we've seen that sustain itself it's obviously been incredible but they're getting help on the other side of the ball if that were to bottom out then they're just the type of good they've been before which hasn't been enough.
2: Why don't we move on to the Washington football team, RJ?
1: Terry McLaurin is so awesome, and I'm so sad for him that he is trapped by this team. And Taylor Heineke scored. I hate the way the NFL is officiating these things now. I I thought Dak Prescott scored against New England. I thought Dak Prescott scored against Philadelphia. I thought Taylor Heineke scored against Green Bay. I don't think that would have made a difference. I do think that their defense got to Aaron Rodgers a little bit early on. And that was, in a weird way, kind of impressive. Um, I don't know that it bodes well for them going forward. Ron Rivera said that Ryan Fitzpatrick would have an MRI in two weeks. It does kind of seem like he is going to play a minority of games for them this season. It's just, I mean, I don't know that it's even fair to call this a lost year for them, dude. Like, it's its just a year. Like, they're it, like its they're just existing. That's all they're doing. They're just existing in space right now.
2: Yeah, the game was obviously closer than the final score indicated in this one. I mean, if it was closer, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would have come through anyway. But um, yeah, it's kind of some bad luck for Washington. I think that play where a quarterback dives for the goal line and isn't touched but gets rolled down, to me, that is the worst Rule in the NFL, not nope. the rule where not the if you die towards the end zone yeah, or whatever, if you die yeah. towards the pylon and lose, lose control, everyone knows oh, everyone, the unanimous worst rule in sports. Like everyone always says that when that happens. That is not the worst rule. I've been on this before. That is not as bad as people make it out to be. There's so many advantages for the offense in the NFL. It's really not the end of the world that the defense gets like one thing that kind of helps them out a little bit. Like, so anyway, uh, but that's not the point of the discussion. It just like I hate rules. That exists for the sake of the rule. Like, there's no practicality to it. Like, there's, like,
1: along this line, I hate that, and I always think of Drew Brees, that a quarterback can, like, just jump up and break the plane, right? Like, and then have literally have the ball, like, knocked out of their hands. It's like, oh, touchdown. He broke the invisible plane. But, like, something like the Taylor Heineke thing can happen or the Dak Prescott thing, it it happens to a lot of people. And then that's not a touchdown, you know, like, even though, like, the ball stays in their possession. I, I understand the logic behind it, but I hate it.
2: I don't, I don't think that, so that was the second one, right, on the two drives that the Washington, that was like when they were at the three, and he snuck it or whatever, and he didn't, I, I think that's legit, that was not a touchdown to me, but the other one where he's diving like towards the, you know, the goal line, and he gets ruled down because he was down, like his knee was down. Uh, even though he wasn't touched, like, that's just dumb. Like, sure. there needs to be something. Like, we the, okay. So I get why that rule exists in terms of like it's to to protect the quarterback, and I think that makes sense. But like that rule shouldn't apply within like the five yards to the goal line. Like that yeah. rule shouldn't like you shouldn't get like quarterbacks. I'm pretty sure would willing to like give up that protection as long as it, like we'll like we'll give that up because this actually happened to the Eagles back in 20. 18, I believe week two, Carson Wentz like dove for the goal line against the Falcons. And I believe it was like on fourth and goal and he didn't get it because he was giving himself up. Like, right. that, how do you even say that as a ref? Like, how do you logically say like, oh, the player wasn't actually trying to score the touchdown? What are you talking about? It's fourth down. Of course, he's trying to, get, that's that's the point. That's the, that's the objective. How is he giving himself up? He's not giving himself up. Like, you're just calling that because it's a letter of the law, not because it's practical at all. So right. that was pretty dumb. Um, I like Washington fans absolutely have, you know, a fair gripe about that one.
1: But they wouldn't have won the game. Like, I mean, like we're yeah, that doesn't take away from the truth of what you said. Um, but I mean, still like, dude, this team is is really, really not good. So I have a question. And it's just I I'm not saying I think this just throwing stuff out for discussion. Is there any possibility that Ron Rivera doesn't return in twenty twenty two?
2: I mean, it's Washington, so anything is on the table, honestly. But I don't think so. I think there's a case, you know. I think that the argument is going to be made that like he hasn't had his chance to really, ideally, uh, find a quarterback, and obviously he was given a bad hand, having to deal and basically had like he was forced to start. It seemed like Dwayne Haskins, like that wasn't his right. guy, obviously. But like the owner, but he's, really wanted he's them dealt
1: to it, with but. all of the off the field things too, and I think he's he's probably handled that as the team's coach better than most people would. I mean, to to his credit, certainly, um, but dude like just like what is what is like what do you like about this team like if if, if they call you up to you can have anything on this team like obviously you take chase young but like if, if you could yeah. have any quality of this team like what do they what do they have that you are envious of
2: not a lot i mean i think taylor Henneke would actually be a good backup i think like for most teams that'd be a nice mm-hmm. backup quarterback to have yeah, i think he's he's, he's, shown a, he's
1: some... another gardener Minshew the way philly has. yeah
2: like he's, he yeah, seems kind of fun again for a backup not your, your full time starter um so they have that going for them uh i mean like not really in a position where the washington or uh yeah washington was going to give him up but i would much rather trade a 6 round pick for him than freaking joe flacco i have no idea what the jets are doing that is so stupid and a rare good move by howie risman so good job <laughs> howie you did it you fleeced uh, your former uh protege teammate yeah and uh joe Douglas. um looking at washington's schedule here I think they have enough going for them that like, you know, they're not om- they're not going to win no more games. Like, they could potentially beat the Broncos. They'll beat Denver. They will definitely beat Yeah, Denver. They could beat the Panthers. Uh the Seahawks, we'll see, probably if not they, with Russell. If back. they do
1: beat the Panthers, then the Panthers will have gotten swept by the worst division in the NFL last year. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. ev- every Panthers fan, however, you know, smart or dumb this was when they got their schedule set or when they looked at the 2021 opponent said, "Oh, we will sweep the NFC's you know what I mean every single Pandas fan said that and they are on the verge of being swept by them that's embarrassing
2: then they get the Eagles twice and the Giants again so I think they can get to like five more wins maybe finish with seven on the year which isn't great and it's actually the same amount they had last year although one more loss uh, so yeah that's where they are
1: they still have two prime time games remaining unless they're why. I mean <laughs> I was going to say, unless their primetime game against the Cowboys is flexed out, but there's no, I mean, the Cowboys are involved, so they won't. Um, the other well, one is, is Monday night football.
2: Well, there's also one here that I don't know if you're seeing against the Eagles that is not actually set in stone yet. On oh, the you're 19th. right.
1: The, that's the week of Christmas, I believe. Uh, oh, no, yeah, no, no. So no. That's a, but that's a Saturday or Sunday. So that could be played on, on one or the other day, depending. So th- I bet you that's like the Saturday three o'clock game. That you know, uh, people that because that, that's the that's the Saturday the eighteenth, I believe, of December. So, BLG, your Christmas shopping is going to be ruined. You won't be able to do it because you're going to be shopping or you're going to be covering this game.
2: My thinking was they were going to actually just hide it on a Sunday, like they're going to bury it mm. in all the Sunday games. As a, like like if they were, if these scenes were yeah if these teams were good they would put it on saturday because then it's more of like a feature a highlight i don't think they want to like have this really bad game in the spotlight but at least i hope so i hate i hate a saturday nfl game i really do i i don't i'm not a fan of that
1: well we've talked about this before offline for our line of work you have one day that that you get yeah. to you know relax that's why I hate it or or you know run your errands or do things around the house like whatever and it's Saturday. So it's it's enough of a chore when it's there's a Saturday NFL game and you just gotta watch it and pay attention to it, you know, whatever. But maybe you can you can go watch it at a, a restaurant or something like that. You can kind of two birds one stone it. But if it's your team, you're screwed. Um so yeah. But, hey, imagine having to have that experience every Thanksgiving, BLG, since you think it's some benefit for the Cowboys that they get to play on Thanksgiving
2: every year. I mean, it is. not a benefit necessarily <laughs> for you, but it is a benefit for the team. Uh, anyway. Speaking
1: of the team, the Washington football team is in um, some bad shape. Uh, I Like I said, Terry McLaurin had the drop last week. Or I don't even know if you could call it a drop. Hit his helmet. Uh, that dude's so awesome, though. Like He is so much fun to watch, but, I mean, he is trapped. Didn't have him
2: life. on your all-NFCs team
1: look i could admit that i was wrong um i do have him on my fantasy team we are five and two i know everybody cares uh so you know congrats to me like he's better
2: than michael gallup come on yeah
1: i don't like. I I yes he is oh my gosh i think he i think he is but i think that like the reason i I i reached that point in the answer is because i still think you're underrating michael gallup but terry mclaurin is awesome
2: i think michael gallup is a pretty good number two but i i mean i think mclaurin's number one And I also think that if McLaurin had the benefit of playing with other, you know, talented receivers too, which he really doesn't, we'd see that more Um, where I think Gallup is good, but I also think he benefits from, you know, getting to play with CD and Amari.
1: A few quick things. One, the Cowboys did or do plan to return Michael Gallup to practice this week, uh, opening his 21-day window to return from injured reserve. Two, um, I don't know if you've seen this while we're recording, BLG, but with the owners' meetings happening, there's little news things being dropped. Uh, But uh, the combine next year in February will be in Indianapolis. But you've seen, obviously, that uh, there has been discussion that the combine could move. The 2023 NFL combine, BLG, is up for bid between Indianapolis, Los Angeles, and Dallas. So the Cowboys might be hosting the combine in I don't know, fifteen or so months. No, more than that, like like 19 months. So be, be pumped. Uh, la- last thing, yeah, yeah. last thing, last thing, and then we'll go to break. Is there any move that an NFC East team made that has like that was that has so underdelivered relative to hype than Washington signing Curtis Samuel?
2: Um no. Cause that was the With thing the like, like, oh, I mean, he, oh. He,
1: he was so awesome. And now nothing.
2: Yeah. I thought that I never got that. I was never, I never, I picked him as my most overrated Washington ball team offensive player, I believe heading into the season. Uh, I think you could argue a Dory Jackson, you know, that's definitely mm. not been a good signing I, for the Giants. I don't want to
1: argue that because we hyped that up. So like that makes us look dumb. So,
2: okay. I mean, I like a Dory Jackson, like his profile uh in a vacuum. I didn't love the contract necessarily. Like the Eagles, you know, were in the mix for him. And I I wasn't like mm. I wasn't like, oh man, the Giants got him and I'm so bummed. Like I didn't want to pay that contract. I think he would have been a nice player to take like a one year deal kind of on because of his situation and he was coming off this uncertainty. Like definitely a guy, even if it's a high priced one, like a 14 million, whatever, 50 million, like one year. But like to give him multiple years is a little suspect by wow. a suspect general manager.
1: We will get to the suspect general manager in just a moment. But before we do, we have to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. And before we do that, we have to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in.
1: You left during the break. What did you do?
2: I sat here and that's ruining the illusion. A, I said that you left. Why did? Why would you? I just would, a, I said it. Yeah, I left. did. Oh, I sat here though, and I I wasn't done. I sat here. I rolled away on my rolly chair that I actually go. do have to show you as I'm getting further away from the microphone so inside the yell ladder, maybe to so you can hear my voice on the podcast. And yeah, I started knitting. I actually don't knit, but my grandmother knits, and she's really good at it. So shout out to her.
1: Has she ever knitted you something? before
2: she has she's made me a scarf or two she made my mom a nice winter hat she's like really good she's very very she for a while she was knitting for I think um uh babies like newborns in the hospital so that was really cool yeah
1: very cool uh shout out to BLG's grandma um it is the week of Halloween BLG so I'm legally obligated to you know since we have a show and a podcast we have to do the like (laughs) ha Halloween thing so uh, what's that? What, what is your favorite Halloween candy?
2: Candy. Uh, I love a candy corn. I really do. It's a very divisive opinion. I know people you. are like, oh, candy corn. It sucks. Like what are you talking corn. about? But it, I, it's like,
1: it it's also very bad. much like, it's but it's not also very much amazing. But if it, it, people act like it tastes horrible, it doesn't.
2: Yeah. And also, oh, it's like a Halloween candy, right? right? Like it's definitively like, like you could say, snickers or whatever you can have that any time of year you can't just have candy corn at Great any tape. time of the year and have it be a halloween can- it's like it's an actual halloween kind of themed and there's the not only the candy corn then there's like the mini pumpkins too which are like made out of the same you know sugar stuff oh, whatever like, little, yeah I, yeah it's like the same texture and everything it's just a different shape uh coloring whatever it's a little pumpkin instead of the corn but uh i think they're fun and they're really good. Um, if we're talking about actual, you know, it's like, what's my favorite candy in general and stuff. I like like something with peanut butter. So I I love like a Reese's cup, like Mm -hmm. a Twix. Um, I think I would go Reese's cup number one, if you're asking me just, just one, but I like, I like that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, so more like, I guess that as opposed to fruity, I do like, don't get me wrong. I love like Sour Patch Kids. Those are my number one. If we're talking about sour slash fruity stuff. What about you?
1: Uh, Reese's peanut butter cups, definitely number one. Also like candy corn. Um, I will amend the question this way um and maybe your answer is sour patch kids but if i'm going to a movie like if i'm at a movie theater i want so I want something in a box like i don't want reese's peanut butter cups for that you know what i'm saying if i'm if i'm in that environment i want bunch of crunch that's what i want in the movie theater
2: oh my gosh that's exactly what i was going to say too that's (laughs) but that's like that's such a good movie snack though because it's all about like the pacing you don't want some yeah you can't eat like reese's peanut butter cups because like you're just gonna eat those and you're done and then like now what you're just sitting here watching a movie with nothing you want something you can kind of like graze on
1: Maybe I'm taking this a step too far. Maybe you will actually also be like, dude, exact same. Cause we're kind of having the stepbrothers, like, did we just become best friends <laughs> thing happen here? Um, the other great thing about Bunch of Crunch, and this is also true for certain things and maybe true for Sour Patch kids to a degree, you got, I want some that I could just like eat and munch on whatever, but then I want one that I can let sit on my tongue and dissolve. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and just, you know, yeah. ki- kind of slow roll like a bunch of crunch allows for that.
2: Yeah. I'm, I think that's fine. Uh, I think there's different, uh experiences that you can have with different kind of foods in terms of like the you know, pace of you're eating them how you're eating them maybe one at a time maybe a mouthful whatever like, i think that's fair um like sometimes i like to take like a cheese it like a single cheese it and kind of just like suck on that maybe that's mm, gross like i dissolve? just like kind of yeah. have it. Have, yeah, like have it just dissolve as opposed to just like chomping on them. Can I, can I just like? I feel like you get more flavor that way. I'm like savoring yeah. it as opposed to time and just like mindlessly eating a ton of them. So well, I'm, I'm very much into that.
1: Sometimes you have to hear the dialogue too that's happening. And if there's too much crunching going on in, in your own mouth, you know what I'm saying? You're mm. overriding the, the audio. But um, yeah. on Monday Football Monday, one of the shows I co-host on the ESPN NFL show, go subscribe to that feed as well. I asked Pete Sweeney for his favorite Halloween candy. He said Almond Joy which was really weird I know that was uh, and he said yeah. it so
2: fast too and I was like well, no wrong yeah
1: afterwards he defended himself by saying that I put him on the spot but it's like nah dude like if you pulled that from the hip that quickly like you believe yeah it. Um, he, he
2: wasn't like uh, uh Almond Joy like he yeah. you asked him and he just like shot it out
1: hmm and the Almond Joy answer is the Philadelphia Eagles uh equivalent for the season it sucks it's mm. terrible it's awful I- um I I, I I cannot believe that Derek Carr had over a, 90, a 90% completion percentage. I cannot believe that the Eagles allowed this to happen.
2: 31 of 34, <laughs> RJ. Real quick, on the candy thing, if you oh. want to <laughs> get in on the conversation with your favorite candy sure. and tell us what you like, you can tweet at us, at Brandon Yachtin, and then at RJ Ochoa on Twitter. Or, and, or
1: leave your answer in the reviews, and we'll read
2: it Or there. leave your answers in the review. And if you want to tweet at us, you can also use the hashtag. What's well, a good hashtag, RJ? NFC... Um, uh, I would say East. I would say mixtape
1: candy. Just let's Mixed, keep it that simple.
2: Hashtag hashtag mista- mixtape candy. Okay, so you can do that so if you want.
1: BLG has deflected from the Eagles getting destroyed by the Raiders. Long. Ago. Oh
2: no, <laughs> I wanted to talk about this. Yeah, trust me, I'm not trying to avoid this. I'm not trying to be like a Pete Sweeney here and avoid talking about the Chiefs. I very mm-hmm. much enjoy. He has I'll ruined.
1: Both of you have ruined trash talking your teams. Like, and you've ruined it because you've gotten so like <laughs> desolate about it. Pete it's is cynical, so. Yeah. P- Pete is so sad. Like, I I can't you know bag on the Chiefs because I, I feel like when I scold my dog you know what I mean like I just I, it doesn't feel right and he's just so like whimpered out about it but you know it will be a lot better after the Cowboys beat them by 30 but that's a few weeks away from now the Eagles got beat almost by 30 it felt like to the Raiders
2: yeah that's that's a good way to kind of put it there's different levels of being like you know bummed out or disappointed whatever with your team losing I mean again like not to pat myself on the back here rj but this is what i expected heading into the year i didn't think the eagles were going to be a very good team i thought they could actually beat the raiders like i I took the raiders to win but then i was like okay like i don't think they're quite as good as they're being made out to be like they're four and two but they like the second worst point differential of any uh four and two team darren waller was like unexpectedly ruled out like that that was so
1: if you lose to a team without one of the best (laughs) skill position players like you are trash trash
2: and unexpectedly too it wasn't right. like you know like they knew he was gonna be out like he was gonna play when until i saw saturday that,
1: yeah when i saw that i and I maybe you've had one of these moments i kind of thought like did i not see this at all this week like was was i yeah. not paying attention that like darren waller was like you know in the mix to be out like it it kind of it was like the rug coming out from under me
2: Right, so you get like this fortuitous big break like that, and like, and also uh, on paper it seemed like the Eagles had some good matchups in terms of like the Raiders' offensive line is really banged up right now. They have right. two uh, brothers starting guards, I believe, are an IR. And the offensive line isn't like great to begin with. And also their defensive line, like I, what? you know, Max. And Crowley. then the Eagles
1: ran the ball too, like you know, yeah, and
2: then the Eagles <laughs> ran the ball. It's success to start the game. Good opening script. It's like, okay, like, I don't know if they're definitely going to win the game, but it should be competitive. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't. They got, like, they got freaking blown out. The, the defense is so toothless. I think that's the only word you can use to perfectly describe. It's just so weak, RJ. Like, all the... Donathan Gannon's master plan is to, like, sit back, and hope the other team makes a mistake like that's the plan it's like well we can just make sure that we don't get beat over the top teams can't consistently just go down drive after drive and he's kind of right when it comes to like a bad quarterback like Sam Darnold like that strategy can work or even kind of like Jimmy G because it kind of did okay against him too or obviously like in Matt Ryan you know quarterback who's at the end of his rope and also that week one Eagles game is like looking more and more like the Eagles just had this big advantage of new coaching staff and the Falcons just didn't know what to expect. I know the Falcons had a new, they were, new yeah, staff they were too. a new
1: staff too. But you're right. I but mean, you're but right.
2: there was tape on Arthur Smith. Like he's been a play caller before. There wasn't. There's was never any tape on Sir Nick Sirianni really as a full time play caller, or Jonathan Gannon as a full time. You know like uh leader of the defense. So, um, you know, that was clearly a big benefit in week one. And, and since then just hasn't been the same. It's pathetic, man. The Eagles are in a pathetic place right now. It's so disheartening to be a fan of this team because like it wasn't the off season for me. There's just like no light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, you can, you can say the draft picks, but everyone feels the same way of like, okay, they have these great draft picks, but number one, you don't have any faith, I believe. And the guy making those picks, Harry Roseman to like, get it right. And you don't have any faith in this coaching staff being the right coaching staff, and you don't have any faith in if this coaching staff is the wrong one and they need to get replaced. That how he's going to be able to identify the right staff and then hire that guy because they wanted Brandon Saley or they'd interest in Brandon Saley. Brandon Saley didn't. Yeah, he didn't even want to take the interview with them. Ultimately, he canceled the interview. I think he was always going to take the Chargers' job because it's Justin Herbert. He didn't have to leave the market, but still, he didn't even interview. Like he at least could have interviewed, and he didn't interview because of Howie Roseman's presence there. And it's not this isn't like a situation where Brandon Saley went to the Chargers and like he's like overseeing all their personnel too. Like it wasn't like that because Tom Telesco is in charge there, and and he has a lot of you know he's a reputation like he's in control there. Um, so you have all that. And then uh, the other thing when it, I'm, I'm trying to I lost my train of thought there. So I'll, I gave you a lot to react to. So why don't you you jump in there?
1: I have some reactions. I also have some like kind of rapid fire questions here. Um, yeah. I I don't. I'm, I again I saw you wrote about this and you weren't like I don't think you were like you know. Misleading or anything, but I also think you know the Chargers kind of didn't want to let Brandon Staley out of the building. You know what I mean? Like I think sure. that's that's part of it. Like it's it's not like, and I know you didn't frame it this way. But it's not like one hundred percent Howie Roseman's fault. You know, but it is telling that it would be at even like one percent involved in the equation. Um, so I
2: agree with that. It's also not new, RJ. Like this has happened in the past. There was Chip Kelly originally turned down the Eagles in twenty thirteen because of Howie Roseman's involvement, and I, he came back to the table because I think they kind of worked that out and be like, well, like look, Howie's going to cede some power to you. You're going to have more say. So this has been a problem for a long time.
1: Um, I, I will say that, and take this as like Cowboys homerism, but you know, you know, just like you, you know, we're the same company. We all do similar sorts of articles. Did a rooting guide last week, right? Cowboys were off. So it's like, here's what you want to happen. And it was, Hey, we're rooting for the Colts. You know, we're rooting for the dolphins. We want to see those picks, you know, further, further, further back. And the general response is like, I don't care because Howie Roseman's still the guy in charge. Like, and again, some of that's just like Cowboys, like, you know, making fun, whatever, but there is some truth to that. I mean, like, I, I don't I'm not bagging on the Devontae Smith pick, but like I just like there's nothing about this roster that intimidates me. I really like Jalen Hurts as a person. And I think you do, too. And I think like a lot of people sometimes tend to like allow that to blur, you know, who they are as a player. And like, dude, the fumble that he had at the goal line, like what is going on? Like, this is just like I mean, there's just like a a a bad not vibe or energy, but there's it's just bad. It's just he's a bad quarterback. He, he is one of the five worst starting quarterbacks in the nfl although he still might be the second best quarterback in the division
2: i said going into the season that you have to assume or like you have to put him at the bottom he's one of the worst starters in the league that's one of the biggest reasons why i wasn't optimistic about the eagles because they have one of the worst starters until he proves otherwise and there's some stuff out there that like you know oh it's only his 11 start jonathan vilma said that on the broadcast like as he was struggling on sunday and i'm like when are we going to stop saying that and we've talked about that before so
1: I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you certainly have the pulse of Eagles fans better than I do. It seems like you see this a lot with guys, like they have a hive, right? Like they have a hive of people that like, you know, everyone, but well, and Jalen seems like he has a really strong hive, like whether that's like people who are Alabama fans or, you know, just like him, like Jalen Smith was like that for the Cowboys. Like no matter yeah. what happened, you still had people who would, you know, come out and cape for him, et cetera. And Jalen seems like that to me, which creates this like further level of divisiveness for, you know, Eagles fans. Cause there's, you got this section that's like, dude, he sucks. Like, how can you not see this? And then you got this other section. It's like, well, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's look, Landon Dickerson starting, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's dealing with like this terrible offensive line, like how we can't build a roster Like you know, Lane Johnson wasn't playing. You know what I mean? Like just give him an offensive line. So like you have this, like this, there's no, like all this, everyone's fighting with each other when it's, it's management's fault, which is like a really unfortunate thing. I, I'm not displeased about this, but like it's a really mm-hmm. sad thing for the state of the franchise, which brings me to my rapid fire questions. One, um, Are you more invested in the, and I I know the like real answer here, but like, you know, it's kind of a silly question. Are you more invested in the Eagles rest of their season or like rooting wise or rooting for the Colts to fail so that that first round pick is really high and the Dolphins. But I think we're more confident that the Dolphins will fail.
2: Yeah, the picks. I want the picks as good as they all can be basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question
1: you mentioned, and I know you've talked about before how Nick Sirianni could be one and done. If, the if Howie Roseman's looking for a new coach, if you had right now, who do you want? You can pick a, like of the people who look to be available, like they're going to be available, like whatever you can have, you can wave your magic wand right now. Who do you want?
2: Yeah, it's tough for me because I just don't like, I think a lot of people are like, we just have to get the right coach and that'll solve everything. And it's just not the case. And that's kind of across the board. It's not just like, they're just a coach away or a quarterback away. I mean, a quarterback, you know makes a big right. difference but there's what, still kind of I'm, issues after that for,
1: what i kind of mean is like you you kind of like willed the Devonte smith pick into reality like you you said go yeah. out, like for for months like draft Devonte smith draft Devonte smith so like who's that yeah. guy like may, maybe you don't feel as strong of a conviction mm. but who is who is the closest thing at least you can get to that
2: i'm gonna say kellen Moore, just because it'll make you <laughs> upset if well, the eagles, the and
1: eagles it, interviewed him turned him down do, do you honestly yeah. wish that they had hired him now to at, like um, this part of you wish at least
2: I mean, I wanted Brandon Staley. I think that is who no, I was wanted. Your I wasn't. Smith, right. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I wasn't probably like as strong. I didn't know. I didn't really have a strong, cause I didn't think Doug should be gone. So I was still kind of working through that. And by the way, like, Hey, Doug Peterson, not the only problem with the team. Uh, not that again, I've said before, I don't think Doug was necessarily part of the solution too, but I, I'm pretty confident he'd be doing a better job than Nick Sirianni right now. I know that much, um, how much better. I don't know, but not this bad. Um, I like off the top of my head. Um. So, you know, Seamus, who you know, RJ, and Bleeding Green Nation readers, listeners know, uh, contributes to us. He was asked kind of this question, I believe, in his mailbag today, and he brought up a By- Byron Leftwich. Yeah, like, I, I don't think i hate that. Yeah, Um. but like, I honestly haven't dug deep yet into the – because I shouldn't have to. They just hired a new coach. I really had to, like, dig deep into the new coaching candidates.
1: I think your answer shouldn't be contingent upon any player, like because you should. the head coach should stand on their own. But what if it's like, what if you fast, because sometimes this happens, like look at Ron Rivera and Curtis Hamill. What if you get Byron Lefkowitz and then you get Chris Godwin in free agency? You know what I mean? Like the dominoes kind of fall in that way. I mean, like, you know, hey, the reverse Jeff Garcia, the Bucks playing the Eagles back for Jeff Garcia, you know, 14 years later.
2: I think the problem, I think like, going back to the next year, any higher, one of the reasons I wasn't like all out on the move but I definitely I just again my focus just hasn't been on the head coach because it's just not the root of the issue and everyone else wants to focus on the head coach and I get it because that's like the most visible target for all your ire but like it's just the the issue it's like you're cutting off the flower on the weed and not the actual root Mm. so this is going to go back and be a problem so like why are we just wasting time on this I think but going back to like one of the things that kind of concerned me about Sirianni is like the are never special man like why did you the Eagles wanted to be like the Colts, so but like why like because Frank Reich is there, like so, what, what
1: that leads what me was, to my next hypothetical. Say, yeah, say okay, they, let's get into say it. they him out the Colts too, which isn't inconceivable. Like, and you you've been calling it. They had some winnable games coming up, and they beat the Forty Nine ers, whatever you know, whatever certainly. But uh, say they him out, right? Say Wentz implodes, whatever. It, Eagles get a top, I don't know, ten pick out of them. Frank Reich is fired. I mean, t- tell me at least that every Eagles fan wouldn't, wouldn't like, that would be in, in the bleeding green nation comment section would be, they need to hire Frank Reich, Frank Reich right now. Frank Reich needs to interview with this team yesterday. That would be all the comments.
2: I would hate it. Just from the perspective, it's like no new ideas. Like not it'd, everything it'd be chasing has the to past. Be... And, like yes. that's what the 49ers
1: yeah. are doing right now. Like I was talking to stats about this, who you can hear on the ESPN NFL show, but like teams chase the past so much. And it feels like that's what they do with Nick Sirianni. Like they tried to chase a piece of Frank Reich
2: which is so weird because it's just like again like why did you want to be what the colts had so badly like, what were they doing that was like we need to have a piece of this like we like i you get it like if it's like you know the cowboys offense is really good right now you'd want some of that, or like the buccaneers they're like winning a right. super bowl and a really good off like oh i want a piece of that like or the chiefs you know they're like you can see why those things would be appealing or brandon and, like, I just staley never, and the
1: rams defense or, yeah, yeah the
2: best defense in the end. yeah I, I want that give me that like sometimes i think that even is misguided to think that way because it's a little too like one for one doesn't work that simply but at least I can like understand what you were looking at there but I don't understand what they're looking at with Nick Sirianni I think part of it is that they can't their their coaching you know market was limited because uh Brandon Silly turned them down Brian Dable turned them down so they were working you know with a limited pool here and uh, we all know it kind of came down to like Josh McDaniels who may might have good like offensive football acumen but like really suspect as an ability to like lead a team and everything and Nick Sirianni so that's where it was and here we are
1: um yeah the man. most and, other depressing
2: thing did, that sorry, i wanted to did, get to the
1: last thing didn't Go they on. wait to fire doug peterson too like they kind of they yeah. they they delayed putting themselves in the coaching cycle you know which was another disadvantage but okay your last I think thing
2: by like a week too yeah, yeah exactly because
1: it was like the cowboys when they fired like quote-unquote fire jason garrett they like dragged it out forever after the season ended
2: and they, it was reported that it was coming back at one point uh, for for Doug. Um, last thing I had is, like, there's no clear path to getting a new quarterback on this team. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's why some people are so invested in Jalen Hurts because it would just be so simple if he was the guy and nice. And, like, it would just be, like, a relief because then he can use those picks to build around him. Like, if it's not Jalen Hurts, who's it going to be? Because I'm probably not going to be Gardner Minshew. Um, maybe Gardner Minshew might be better than Jalen Hurts, but like you're not, still not contending. It's a nice backup, um, or l- low level starter. But like, if it's not those guys, then there's no surefire answer in the draft. Uh, assuming you even get the pick high enough, or then have to trade up to get the guy. I think I like Matt Corral from what I've seen early on, but like I don't know that you know he's going to be elite starter in the NFL, and that should be the goal. And then you also don't like. There's no guarantee they can get Russell Wilson or who has a no trade clause or Aaron Rodgers? Like there's just no guarantee. There's no like clear path to them getting a quarterback, even though they have these picks to work with, which is why like, I think they were so interested in Deshaun Watson, even though with all the issues, because they knew that they knew like, we don't have an easy answer here to get a quarterback. This is like our best chance to get one. Like we have to do this, but Deshaun Watson doesn't want to come to Philly. So they're just in a bad spot.
1: Last thing before we move on to the giants. Um, is there? I don't. I don't think you can say at what point. But would should there be a point where you say, you know what, let's start Gardner Minshew. Let's just see. You know what I mean? Like that. That I feel like that has to happen at a certain. Like I don't know. I don't know what that point is. Like I don't know if it's like when you're mathematically eliminated. I don't know if there's just a point where you like Nick Sirianni feels comfortable. But like if if they stay this bad, if they you know are this bottom five team, bottom ten team, whatever, and they just never play Gardner Minshew, that's really irresponsible.
2: I think the Joe Flacco trade, I, I talked about this on the SB Nation NFL show, so, so apologies for repeating myself here if you listen to that as well, but if, if you didn't, uh, go listen to it anyway. Uh, I think you know the Joe Flacco trade is obviously about getting anything for a player who didn't make sense to be on your roster ever in any situation, but I also think it would be naive to think it's not about setting the wheels in motion for Gardner Minshew to take over at some point potentially not guaranteed um, if Jalen Hurts turns it around plays really well then obviously he will stay in the game but uh, I think if Jalen Hurts continues at the rate he has been on the pace he's been on like the on track kind of uh pace whatever uh then he will be sat down and I think there is some sense to it from multiple reasons one because like at some point Jalen Hurts is, is who he is and you're not learning anything and like this is also for as much as this is a football team it's also an entertainment product and fans are just going to tune out if it's Jalen Hurts looking the same week in and week out and I think there is an argument to be made you want to see what a different quarterback might look like in Nick Sirianni's offense and see how much of it is the offense and how much of it is the quarterback. To be clear, I think it's both. And I also think it'll still be the issue when Gardner Minshew, if slash when Gardner Minshew comes in. So I think there's some value more than none to playing him. And it should happen probably at some point. And also part of the just because I'm I'm curious to see what it would look like because I'm really not learning anything. I feel like more about Jalen Hurts. Uh like so I wanted to, to bring up this tweet earlier when we were talking about him and the people kind of defending him. Uh it was something from Randy Mueller, who does Work for the athletic and everything. And he tweeted, after looking at the coaching tape versus Las Vegas, I'm going to make a case for Jalen Hurts. He is doing what they are asking him to do. Unless the staff expands their dropback game, the results won't change. I mean, the Eagles coaching staff is asking Jalen Hurts to throw behind Devontae Smith like three times to like his feet one time. And he's also asking him to like have really terrible accuracy and overthrow Quez Watkins down the field. And he's asking him to like hold the ball, uh, or hold on to the ball longest in the NFL. Like, I doubt it. I believe Jalen Hurts is struggling more than just because of the coaching staff here. He's a limited talent. We've said this before. Uh, so uh, I do think it is very possible that he gets benched in not like, hmm, I don't know. I think it could in theory happen as soon as this week. If he goes out and he's like has a disaster first half against the Lions, I don't think it's impossible, um, but I'm going to say maybe more so like week, you know, like. 12 or whatever in the team yeah, like, somewhere in the team right
1: around Thanksgiving. I think is kind of the time. Um, I will tell you now I'm picking the lines to win and I know that you're not like, that's impossible. It's ridiculous. But, uh, Two quick things, BLG, just that have happened while we're recording. Just you know, give everyone a peek at how the sausage is made. Uh, the Cowboys placed Brent Urban and Maurice Kennedy on injured reserve. Neither things are really surprising, but you know, for Cowboys fans listening, it happened while we were recording. Lyle Collins is set to practice for the first time on Wednesday, BLG. His suspension is over, and not necessarily really related to the NFC East, but you know, NFL news and you know, t- we talked about Thursday night. Alan Lazard, Green Bay Packers wide receiver, placed on the reserve COVID nineteen list. Obviously, Devonte Adams was placed on there on monday so um you know that's it, it made sense or it, it, you know can certainly make sense of it uh but uh but yeah so that's that uh the new york giants successful. what kind of sausage um how
2: kind of the sausage is made
1: i i mean i like jalapeno sausage like any if you tell me yeah, but we talked about like
2: the crumbly kind or the form factor here
1: oh like the form you know, I yeah i actually uh tonight for dinner for a game one of the world series i'm having brats Pretty pumped mm. about this. Nice. You a broad guy.
2: Uh, yeah, not against it. How do you dress it?
1: You you've got a broad and a bun. Like, what are you putting on it? Like, you know, you're you're one of those sickos that puts like a billion things on all the stuff you eat. I've seen your Instagram. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you even
2: referring to there? What would that even be? I don't even know if, what you're...
1: Everything you eat looks so complicated. It looks like it takes an okay. hour to prepare. So, I mean, that, <laughs> that's what I mean by that. But so, my, my question to you is you have a brat in a bun. Like, what what's, you're sitting down to eat. What does this look like? What's on the brat? What kind of... What's your side? Is it chips, fries, sweet potato fries? Like, what's your thing here? um is the bun toasted like you know
2: i think like a sauerkraut um i'm not even a big sauerkraut guy but a little bit on you know a brat and also maybe like a little bit of mustard i'm not even a big mustard guy i don't even like these things but with the brat it kind of works for me something about the brat brings it out i don't even know if i need a lot though uh what are you putting on there ketchup no this is this is the terrible take <laughs> so i love chicago it's a great city just oh, I,
1: I don't have a passionate take on this like hot dog ketchup thing like i don't that's
2: they I don't, don't allow ketchup in the city of chicago and they do it right because ketchup is it's just too sweet man it's like candy it's just not it's just not I right s- yeah.
1: i will say this on the subject of this brats are awesome obviously having them for dinner go astros i actually don't like hot dogs like hot dogs are just i've never had a hot dog i've enjoyed
2: I don't think that's like a crazy take, I think, like, cause the, you know, the concept of a hot dog isn't like necessarily advertising or fun to think about when you're really thinking about like what you're eating, but like, and I don't like necessarily have to have them, but I think they're nice. I kind of like one at a barbecue. I like a hot dog. Mm,
1: no, you're wrong. Uh, the New York mm. giants, Daniel Jones had the catch <laughs> scene heard around the world. Again, we've talked about the Panthers and how fraudulent they are. Big, big time frauds Carolina Panthers are, um, the, you know, the Giants, you know, I remember tweeting out, I don't know, about a month ago uh, when they were, I think, 0 and three. Um tweeting out their next 10 games and people thought oh man this team's going 0 and 13 you know or for whatever it was but then they beat the Saints and that was kind of shocking so they've beaten the Panthers they play on Monday night football this coming week what a treat for us BLG that we get to watch they're doing the manning cast next rather right? they're not missing the opportunity to do Giants and Mahomes um, we get to hear Eli Manning talk about the New York Giants talk about Daniel Jones uh, by the way like the Manning cast is awesome but like it is awesome in spite of Eli offers nothing to the main cast just so everyone yeah he shouldn't
2: be on there honestly they should take it's, him off like he's the, not adding anything
1: the best moments are when Peyton and the guests get involved in a discussion and like when it's like on Monday night Peyton and Breeze or like when Peyton and Russell Wilson were on there together it was amazing but anyway
2: um
1: yeah the Giants our thoughts they're bad they're still bad they've always been bad um Lame.
2: this game stunk like they weren't even showing this on red zone because there was nothing happening for like a long time towards the end and i don't think this win is like i kind of said on the odd with uh with Solak that like to me the bengals beating the ravens wasn't like this big indictment of the ravens as kind of just like a really good win for the bengals and kind of announcing them that they're there it doesn't mean like that the ravens are going to spiral now out of control and they're frauds and their are over. well like in this sense, this to me is more about the Panthers losing this game than it is the Giants like winning this game and everything is fake. Mm. Like the Giants were still bad. Like when the and, Bills to lost to the
1: Steelers in week one, kind of like that.
2: Yeah, right. Exactly. So, um I, I think like just no big takeaway for me here. I mean, I will give the Giants like they won to their credit. They sure. took advantage of it. They were also really banged up in this one and Daniel Jones still did enough. I think Daniel Jones is kind of like. But for what he is working with in a bad environment like i don't think daniel jones is a lost cause i said that he, going into the season
1: he might actually be the second best quarterback in the division like to say he's he's not as good as Jalen hurts is ridiculous i can't believe i said that like there, there is you can see it with like you can see daniel yep. jones have nfl quarterback talents
2: i don't know what his ceiling is still but like he's not again he's not a lost cause he's not dwayne haskins he's not same dark like there, there's there's something there there's something that like I don't know. I, I don't think the Giants should necessarily keep him because I think they should. This is a whole different subject, but I think because they have the picks and everything, they should make a play for Russ for because Wilson, he probably yeah. wants to go there. Yeah, Um. but like again, ship him to like Pittsburgh or something and maybe Denver. that could kind of work yeah. out. He, he could be to, like, so I think a lot of people, this is, I think this is a good little tie in here. RJ, good job by me. Uh, a lot of people thought Sam Darnold was going to be the next Ryan Tannehill because you just got to get him away from Adam Gase and that fixes everything. Mm-hmm. I think Daniel Jones, could be the next ryan Tannehill of a guy Mm -hmm. that like he just has the talent he's just not in the right situation and again though i don't know that like you know you're winning super bowls with him but i think you could be a playoff team with daniel jones in a more healthier stable organization i think you could kind of be kind of a little bit at least more of what the titans are uh meanwhile my takeaway from darnold on the Darnold side of it is that we can't just always and this isn't just about jalen hurts although it feels like i'm subtweeting him when i say this like you can't just always say it's about the coaches Right. And you just got to get out of the environment and like sometimes players are bad they're just bad players and like that Sam is
1: darnold.
2: like like same darnold. but that first rj for some reason that's harder for people to accept like people can really accept that a coach sucks but they can't accept that a player sucks like for some reason like you there aren't like for the most part there aren't like you talked about like these hives earlier there's not like coaching hives as much as there are player hives and a lot of bad players get hives for some reason and not actual hives that would be really bad if they actually you know develop hive on their skin that's what we're talking about but uh yeah so Sam Donald stinks and daniel jones i think there's something there but again if i'm the giants i don't i don't know that i'm like really feeling great about like committing to him like do you really want to pay him eventually i don't know
1: now i have a friend a really good friend of mine uh shout out to my good friend jimmy uh who's a houston texans fan and so obviously you know he's you know, monitoring the Deshaun situation and the Deshaun off the field stuff is deplorable. It's disgusting that the on-field stuff is even being discussed, but the trade deadline's next week. So obviously his name's in the news. And I asked him, I said, if you could, you know, if you could have any one of these quarterbacks like to, to receive in a potential trade, like what you rank them for me. Um, I offered Zach Wilson, because you never know. The Jets, you know, were in on the Deshaun situation. Zach Wilson hasn't exactly looked impressive. I mean, I don't know what they would do. Tua, who's obviously been rumored, you know, to not necessarily be the guy in Miami. I threw out Baker Mayfield. Just we were it was a playful conversation. You never know. You know, the Browns haven't expressed a ton of commitment to him. And I threw out Daniel Jones. And I feel like like if you're the Texans, and you get Daniel Jones back, like you can work with that. You know what I mean? Like I, I think that there's something to like there, like to the point we're making here. Or if the Seahawks do deal Russell Wilson and they get Daniel Jones back, that would be interesting to watch. I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to see that. But I, I would like to see him. I think in Denver or Pittsburgh, I think he'd have more opportunities for success in places like that, particularly Pittsburgh, where Mike Tomlin raises the floor for everybody around it
2: absolutely yeah um but sadly i don't think the giants are gonna be that smart and do that i mean maybe i think they could i think it's possible um i mean dave gentlemen still gotta go right like that's gonna happen no matter what basically unless the giants make the playoffs like, it has to like what, what are we doing here if you're keeping him joe judge like i wouldn't necessarily keep him but i at least understand like as ed has talked about and not wanting to cycle through coaches but at the very least you'd have to change the gm right um,
1: change offensive coordinator you gotta yeah
2: i mean what are the giants doing from here you know like Okay, so they have this win, but now what? You know, like where is this really going from this point? Like, no, we talked about how this has just
1: allowed them to lie to themselves. That's all this has done. This has given them, you know, reason to be like, "I'm telling you, it's working." You know what we're doing? Like, we just we just dominated the pants. No, you didn't. Like, you were fortunate to be around the collapsing sam McDonald. That's it.
2: At Chiefs versus Raiders at Bucks are their next three games. Then they get the Eagles. Two of those
1: on Monday Night Football, by the way.
2: Uh, yeah again why why is washington and giants being put in primetime like this New so that's New York. i mean m- maybe the giants steal one of those games at best so and then there's let's say the other there's at least two losses so then what they're three and seven okay like that's the best case scenario for them is three and seven
1: i will say it would be fitting to the chaos that the chiefs have been in- involved with as of late for them to lose to the giants on monday night football Like, you know, like generally like and I'm not saying I I believe that's going to happen, but like, you know, those moments where like Twitter just like Twitter just drag something like whether it's a person or a player or a team or whatever. Like, could you not see like Twitter just dragging the Chiefs on Monday night like them and being like they lost to the Giants. And look, I'm not saying Andy Reid can be had by Jason Garrett, but the one thing that Jason Garrett was like kind of good at was game planning and coaching up against NFC East rivals obviously has a long history coaching against Andy Reid obviously Andy hasn't you know been in the NFC's for a long time but I mean like again I'm not saying it's possible I know they're huge underdogs and and they totally should be but like would that not be fitting to what this season has been for the Chiefs to lose to the Giants on Monday Night Football
2: so me kind of having, you know, this Andy Reid expertise that I do, and like I said earlier, that you kind of just can't assume the Chiefs are dead and buried because I've seen Andy Reid teams storm back in a big way in the second half of seasons. There are also have been games and andy Reid's tenure where they're just like wtf games like like what like how do we lose like again when the eagles lost i believe to marcus russell and the raiders at one point and then they tied ryan fitzpatrick when he was a member of the bengals and donovan McNabb didn't even oh, know that he was the, like, the,
1: like yeah the, the rules yeah. game, nice
2: yep so he has like these really inexplicably just like like how how did this happen this is insane so yeah it's it's possible and I also think it's possible, like you said earlier, that the Eagles, I actually think it's likely. Like, that's my pick. I'm picking the Lions to win. The Lions, like they're due for a win, right? Like they're, I oh, think man. it was what Pete, Pete, who said like they're the best 0 7 team, 0 7 team there is.
1: I don't know where you had them in your power rankings, but I had them like twenty seventh. Like I don't, I don't have them near, like they're better. I know their record is, it, but they're better than the Jets and the Jaguars and the Texans. And I think, I mean, their energy is so much better than a lot of other teams, the Eagles included right now.
2: I think they're going to win this game. And I honestly think it might be what's best for the Eagles if they lose this game. I mean, obviously, the best thing like in a perfect world is that this is the week that they really turn things around. Nick Sirianni proves to be a like, brilliant head coach. Right, and and right, her- right. Like, But that's you know, I just don't think that's happening when we're talking about realistically. So if we're talking about realistically what's going to happen or what could happen, I think it's actually the best case thing for them to lose this game, not only because it helps them uh get a better pick potentially from Miami, you know, cause it could move the, the Lions above that Miami pick. Um and maybe the Eagles own pick. Probably not. Ooh, uh it's it, an interesting meta take. Probably not. I don't think that's gonna happen. No, uh, but This, this
1: is this is the intervention if they lose. Right, like th- this. Yeah, is- exactly.
2: It's a wake up call. They need a way. They, uh, I've said, the the biggest problem, one of the biggest problems with this team, RJ, is that they, they are not realistic at all. They they genuinely view themselves among like the NFL's elites. They think they're right there with them, or or if obviously, I think they're realistic about what they are this season. They don't think they're one of those teams, but they think like they're going to go through this bad year and they're going to come out on the other side clean, and they're we're going to be right up there with everyone else. And the reality is, since the beginning of last year, RJ, like there's only four teams, I believe. Fewer wins than the Eagles, and it's like the Jets and the Lions and the Texans, and I guess the uh, the Jaguars. Yeah, like that's that's who you are right now. Those are that's your company. It's not the elites. It's the worst teams in the NFL.
1: So you uh, you have to have that like rock bottom moment, and that's that's where like that's why like I think the Giants could win next week because the Giants have not had that. Like the moment they're about to like completely bottom out. They're bailed out for whatever reason. And like I think what bailed them out last year, like we're talking like bailing out from like a mindset standpoint, was the you know, was man, we would have won the division if if Philly hadn't thrown that game in week 17, we yeah. that, that was ours. We earned it, you know, like and they really convinced themselves of that. And so, like, that saved them from bottoming out. And they're kind of like that, that's what next week could be is man, we've won two games in a row. We're back in this thing. Like, we could be a wild card team, and then all off season long. Every Giants fan will lie to themselves and say, We remember when we beat the Chiefs? Like, that, we just need to be that team every single week. Like, that's, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what, what fans do. Like, that, that's why, like, you can, you can almost see it coming a mile away. So, we both got the Eagles to lose. Um, we're both going to pick the Giants to lose. Right? Like, we're not, like, we, we think that's possible. Yeah. We're not really going to pick that. Um, I think Washington beats Denver. Yeah, sure. And we both think Dallas beats Minnesota.
2: Yep. Mm. Locks it up
1: anything else you want to offer or lockstep like we are candy it seems um and anything else anything else in life anything that's on your mind just some something you want to say something you want to put out there
2: uh last podcast before halloween so happy halloween to everyone it's all, i don't love that it's on nfl sunday i really don't like that in fact uh so, not a fan of that, but um, trade deadline, RJ. This will be our last podcast probably before the trade deadline next week, too. So, we'll see if anything becomes of that. I guess we'll record maybe after the deadline next week.
1: Don't, know, don't tell everyone how all of the sausages made. Just we'll some see. of the sausage. We'll see. You know
2: what I mean? We uh, don't know yet. We'll figure it out. That would make sense to me. Anyway, we'll figure it out.
1: Right on. Um, everybody have a good one. BLG, the last word belongs to you.
2: Eagles lose. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.
0: Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into.